Hello and welcome to another Irish Tennis Updates podcast. Today I'm very excited to be speaking to David O'Hare. David competed primarily on the ATP doubles tour. Um, He reached a career high ranking of 117 in the world just two years ago. During his career he won 18 pro doubles titles and four of those were at the challenger level. So clearly David had a lot of success. I'm really looking forward to speaking to him. So let's get into it. Hello. Hi, David. How are you? How's it going? Not, not too bad. Yourself? Great, great. Um, thanks very much for, for agreeing to talk to me, first of all. Thanks very much. No, it's all. No, it's all. My pleasure. Super. Um, so, yeah, the first thing I wanted to say, uh, something I saw on your, your, uh, your social media recently. So tell me a bit more about Ping Pong and the Brown Brothers. <laughs> um, yeah, well, basically, you know James McGee, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously working with this Inspiring Children Foundation. Um, yeah. Reached out to me, was like, listen, I'm going to be in New York, uh, running this cool you know, charity fundraiser. Yeah. If you have any interest, if you're in town, drop by. I was with the lads in Winston-Salem. They lost early, managed to sneak a flight to New York, and <laughs> ended up going there, catch up with McGee, which is great, and... He's like, come on, you'll enter the, the ping pong tournament. So I was like, he's like, it's free if you're a pro. I was like, oh, go, go on, yeah, you know, that's fine. <laughs> and then uh, it was just a one-point tournament. Um, <laughs> so you just, get, like, start a rally to four, and then all of a sudden the point was live. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so I played, yeah, I played some random normal Joe Soap the first round. Then second round, I played this girl that was part of the foundation. Um, so, like, yeah, she's looking to play college tennis. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I played um, I played Bob Bryan in the quarters, and I played Raven Class and in the semis, and then I played some lad that played college tennis. Um, he's actually friends with Dara Glavin. He went to ODU with Dara Glavin. Okay. Um, and that was 2-11. And yeah, right. ended up ended up clinching the title, so uh, <laughs> so it was gas, yeah. I'm sure that was good. Um, and like I'll come back a bit later on to kind of your relationship, I guess, with the other Irish pros that were kind of yeah. you know having success at the same time as you. But um, first, I guess I wanted to go back a bit, you know, go back to the start. So how did you get into tennis originally, and how, yeah, like how how did that all get going? So yeah, I just I'm the youngest of uh, three older siblings, and so they kind of all grew up playing um you know would have got a few lessons and were originally yeah. members of temple oak okay and then you know when i kind of started to take it a bit more serious and get invites to leinster squads but it really all changed for me when um there was one particular coach that took a big interest in me and that his name was javier de castro he was out with the uh, with the federation out in tennis ireland and uh, he was running, like, my Leinster squads. And there was often occasions where, you know, I could have had just, like, a three-hour session with him, you know, because other people didn't show up. And, yes, um, Around that time, that I would have been about 16. And that summer in fifth, I, I, I beat one or two lads that, like, I kind of shouldn't have beaten, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I beat Niall Murphy and Gil Hawley and... Then ultimately ended up losing to Tommy Murphy in the final, and then after that, that's when I kind of got um, an invite out to Tennis Ireland to kind of train full time. Okay, oh a lot to, uh, to to that coach then I guess you'd yeah, owe a lot to him. If you look back at it now, you kind of yeah, owe a big part of your yeah, success. Yeah, he was for him, definitely. I mean, I had obviously other coaches uh, prior to that. Um, like my the main coach probably that I attribute a lot of my development to would be Owen Casey. Okay. Um yeah. he was really yeah, he was the pioneer behind it. But just in terms of affording me opportunities, Javier was great just because you know you kinda need to be in with Tennis Ireland to kinda get invited and all these trips and he was really fighting my case. Um I guess there's some sort of rivalry between Gary Cow and Owen Casey, you know, there's, yeah. it's always been like the Fitzgerald versus the Morrisseys, and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. whatever that <laughs> is, you know, that politics, but 
I was involved at the Casey end of it, you know, just because I went I went to Clashdown, and so as soon as I started in Clashdown, I joined Donnybrook and Casey was down in Donnybrook. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, so yeah, so that was what I was like there in first year, like thirteen, so twelve, thirteen. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Go on. Um, sorry. So, how often would you have trained then at that point? Um. With Casey, it would have been like two, three days a week, and then mm. with Tennis Ireland, my so Tennis Ireland was my transition year, so I yeah yeah made the final of fifth, like the summer of my third year, then transition year I was out in BCU a ton, um you know I'd have done like early morning workouts three days a week, and then I would have hit with Mark Hotel after that for another hour, hour and a half, and then I'd come back out in, in the evenings. Um, but I'm not necessarily, like, if you're, I don't necessarily know that that's, like, the best. Um, you know, now that I'm I'm coaching and I'm looking to get back into college college coaching, I don't necessarily think, like, that's the, you know, best way to put your front foot forward. Is to, yeah. I don't know if it's exact. I think, for me, it's more quality. Like, I don't know if I had, like, unreal guidance in the sense of just giving me clear-cut tactics, clear-cut vision of how my game needed to be. So I'd be focusing way more on just quality, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I hope that when I'm coaching these kids in college that, you know, they they feel that they can come up to me like, listen, I'm just not really feeling, you know, that good today. And I was like, all right, let's just do 20 minutes of, like, short forehand. And you just mm. melt it into the corner, and that's a good day. You know, just get some little thing better. I think yeah. that's where we overemphasize practice almost. Yeah, no, I think and it's great that you can then, you know, having had that experience, you can now kind of, you know, you can lend your experience on the other side of the equation. You know, now that you can use your yeah. experience for the for the better. I think yeah, that's really I think good. I think I've been fortunate just just to have been, you know. Uh, almost an understudy to Louis Kaye, um, just to be tied in with some of the British guys. Okay. First out, um, it's obviously great experience. I mean, Louis is is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Like he's the most impressive coach that that you know I've been on court with. Um, just his his facts and his analogy. He just he's a wizard, man. He, he's unbelievable <laughs> to to work with. So that's kind of I'm feeding all my information. Um, kind of through him so whenever I generate any of these reports or match summaries um, they all get they get sent to Louie and, and you know then you can have a little conversation about it and yeah. he's, on, he's like consultant head coach he's not really up for travelling all the time he'll just okay. do the slams and a couple master series and then uh, and then I'm kind of the day to day that will we'll run the sessions with the guys but Louie will kind of keep tabs on me all the same yeah. Oh, are you working with the LTA at the moment then, or is that no, no, no just, not, just no. yeah, just because just kind of with him, so just yeah, just with um, just because I'm originally I was with Luke, uh, yeah. So because I was traveling with Luke and Johnny, that you know, Louis just in charge of all the doubles guys pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. so he, he kind of has like a, a hierarchy. So I've kind of jumped up on the hierarchy now as I'm working with Joe. Um, okay. And because of Joe's ranking, you know, because Luke was like 50 and there was like four or five Brits ahead of him. Yeah. You know, the fact that I'm working with Joe and there's only Jamie. Ahead only of Jamie, him, yeah. Um, yeah. Then kind of we're, we're second in line. So, yeah. So we get a bit more of his time, which is better, yeah, for me. Yeah, great. Great. Um, I guess if I want, want to go back, take another step back. So you said he got to the final of Fitz then. Um, when you were 16, did you did you have much more success those final couple of years of your junior career? Yeah, um, no, I mean nothing stand out really, um, and I kind of just stumbled into. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll, I'll give you the whole kind of synopsis of my career. So, so after that, I I had the whole year in DCU training loads, and was kind of like gearing up for a big summer ITF and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and. Javier, the the Spanish coach, had organised me to go out to to Mallorca to train um, yeah. at a place called Global Tennis Team, which is Moya's Academy. Okay. I'm not sure if it still exists now. It does. Maybe. No, it does. Does. does it? Yeah, it does. Um, 
I'd see okay. people with I'd see people wearing the jumpers around the junior opens these days. Okay, okay, great. Well, um, but it was a brilliant spot. So you know, day day one I arrived, I'm not sure what to expect, and it was almost kind of fictional start um to my to my time there. But I was there for a month, and Monday morning I'm warming up with this guy Pablo, and I see Boya, and I'm like, Jesus, you know. So I run up, run upstairs, text the dad, like, I don't believe it, Moya's here. Next thing you know. He's coming out on court. So Monday and Tuesday, I'm hitting with Moy on the clay. Wow. Class. So then the Wednesday that week was actually um, Federer and Nadal played this half clay court, half grass court match. Oh, were you there for that, were you? you were, so, yeah, I yeah. was that. So the morning of that, um, I see Rafa and Moya just warming up, like, outside my bedroom window. And I'm like, this is mad. Wow. Then that afternoon, all of the boys got tickets um, to go watch the match. So we went there, watched the match. Um, so great week. Then was doing a training block with Panetta ahead because Moya was going out with Panetta at the time, and she was training for the French. I was tra- like just her sparring partner for like the ten days she was in town. That went brilliant, and. I was getting ready to leave, and I had a little stumble. We were doing this like stupid like footwork game, and you kind of do ladder work, various different stuff, and then you bounce the ball from one side of the net to the other, and you had to run around the net post and try and catch it. All right, so I kind of it was like a little bit of a race. It was just a little fun thing, yeah. and I ended up um, like there wasn't that much clay around by the net post. I lost my footing, had my racket in my right hand, landed on my wrist and was out for, like, I didn't hit a ball then for, like, a couple months, and then my okay. fist rolled around, and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to play, I want to play. Yeah. So I played fifth, and I was, like, just chipping forehand and hitting <laughs> backhand. So I was, like, playing, like, a lesson. Yeah. Because it was yeah. only really on my forehand, like, that movement going up. Like, say, if I was to hit a topspin forehand, that was, like, where the pain came okay. from. Okay, yeah, yeah. So even, like, the other way, on my backhand side, I guess just a different, you know, pronator, I don't know, whatever they are, pronators are the opposite. Um, then, it, then it didn't work. So anyway, I played off the shell, and then so this is my first round of ATP. Um, I'm, I'm leaving, and eventually I just rush out and hit a forehand. And like, hit a massive forehand, and I was like, oh, actually, it's not too bad. So then I hit a couple more, and then, like, all of a sudden my wrist was done. So then I sat a good bit out on the sidelines then um, for, like, obviously I, was, I didn't play any that summer because I was injured, and then I'd taken another few months off. Yeah. So it's a gust of, I mean, I probably should have been out just for, like, five, six months. Like, I thought I had this, like, kind box disease in my wrist. Okay. Um but I had to get one or two MRIs, and then a lot of it, I think, was just mental, where I was like, oh, it just doesn't feel right, and I was just a bit cautious of it. So I didn't really play much, just went back to finish out school, and then I had, at this point in time, you could have a year of um, grace between when you finish your exams to enrolling for college in the States. So I had yeah. basically a year to play with from would have been, I guess, June 2008, maybe I sat the leave insert, and then I enrolled in 2009 in Memphis. Um, so that year I trained with John Morrissey in Belgium, and okay. loved it there. He had a great setup there, so I was there for like three, four months, and playing a couple of futures and whatever else and then that's when all the college offers started to come in for me ended up picking Memphis because the assistant coach at the time Mark Finnegan was there and they took me on a visit thought the place brilliant Um, I had four years in Memphis that I loved Um, my senior year I got a late call up for like I wasn't even really thinking about playing pro by the end of my by the end of my time there, you know, we, we were Joe and I were ranked quite high. I think we were three in college, and I was top fifty in singles at one point. Right, right. And 
I just got a, a late call up to Davis Cup um, to play against Belarus. So go there, play Belarus, have a brilliant experience. Myself and James Kluski lose uh, six, three or six four in the fifth. Wow. To Max, yeah, Max Mirny and Alexander Burry. So we had like we had match point in the fourth set tie break. Um, I must have been a tough one to take with us. It was yeah, it was like tough. That. It was it was brilliant though, you know, like I was fortunate that I had you know, mum and dad on the sidelines and yeah. Like it, I played I played great, you know, for my first outing. Um we played great and the you know, Max Mirny's an absolute legend in yeah, yeah. in Minsk, so so the crowd was brilliant and, and just had yeah, just really enjoyed the occasion. It, of course it was a shame that, that we didn't it would have been, I think, the greatest upset because we were getting absolutely like in our press conference and stuff before the head of the tie because I obviously had no ATP ranking or anything like yeah. that. They you know, they kinda of thought I'd be terrible and I was almost like right also. <laughs> yeah, I just played just some that. college and <laughs> Yeah. You know, they're like, "Oh, do you really think you can take the tie into the Sunday and like all this kind of stuff?" Yeah. Um. So then, after that, two weeks later, then I'm back in Memphis, and our college is one of the only colleges that hosted an ATP event. Okay. So we played. It used to be two of the years I was there. It was a 500, and then it went dropped back to a 250. Um, right. and it used to be for girls and guys and then it just was for guys and so we get a wild card into the doubles um, and play the Brian Brothers first round that's, that's some draw um, isn't it <laughs> yeah so uh, but it was brilliant you know we played you know night match Wednesday night after Nishikori you know like yeah that was great. must have been an unbelievable experience as well playing in an atmosphere just, like yeah. that so cool, so cool, yeah. you know, so, so to have done that was, was brilliant. So we lost, you know, four and four. Um, that's that's good, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure they've, they've well, beaten a lot of people <laughs> a lot easier than that. Yeah, I mean, at the time, it's funny, at the time it happened, you're like, four and four is really respectable, and there was two sudden death juices, and yeah. you're like, God, we know we're a couple points away. and blah, yeah. Blah, blah. But like yeah. now that I'm on the tour, like four and four is still pretty. It's pretty kind of handy. kind of routine. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, from their point of view, they're probably like, you know, okay, a routine day at the office. But then, you know, from your point of view, you were like, oh, I pushed them, you know, I pushed them. And yeah, I guess, exactly. Like I guess did did that experience was was that kind of what pushed you then to go onto the tour a couple of years later? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Those those two experiences was was a complete one one eighty in what I was. You know, thought I was going to do. I was more yeah. or less set on trying to stay, trying to stay in the states somehow, continue education, do a master's, or you know, just yeah. make it work somehow yeah. over there. I really like the lifestyle. And yeah, this was just a total one eighty. You know, because I knew had I, you know, let's say I played against at the time they were number one in the world. Yeah. And and you know, if we were to go out against. Giacco or Fed or Nadal, like we get absolutely destroyed. Whereas, you know, we were competitive at least against yeah. these boys, and you're kind of like, Jesus, you know, if I can compete against the best that's ever played, yeah, then you know, maybe, maybe it could be good. You know, it could be a right decision for me. So, so that's kind of how I stumbled into into playing pro. And Joe and I, you know, that summer we graduated, played. You know, we were playing singles and doubles, but I was always keen, more keen on the doubles because I knew I had, you know, more potential in us as opposed to the singles. I kind of fell away with singles. Just, um, I found it really hard playing uh, pro. Yeah, at, 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 at what point was that decision, at what point did you make that decision to go doubles? Was it kind of in college or was so, it earlier? Um, yeah, it was, it was I, I knew I didn't enjoy singles as much. Because um, yeah. I'd have played like a little bit in the summers, and like when you just like not not surrounded in that environment, you know that team environment is really just yeah, it was so good, you know, yeah. to have had that. Whereas when I was out there, kind of playing for my own, I just didn't relish it. Like I wasn't as competitive as most people, and that definitely held me back in my career. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Whereas like people just like living and dying for points for themselves. Whereas me, I'm quite. So it was never relaxed. your style, really, to do that. Never my yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't. No one. No one loves losing, but like, it's not the be all and end all thing. Yeah. Whereas it can be for people and starting out the journey of doubles with Joe where we had all these you know memories together in Memphis like that was more the appeal for me like to try and take yeah. it together and you know winning and losing with him was better than just on my own um, yeah so pretty early doors I knew I was just to a doubles doubles, just, just doubles. Yeah. yeah so how were those first couple of years on the tour it was mainly futures I guess but how how was that kind of you had a few different partners or were you sticking with Joe yeah. most of the time. So Joe got Joe got was a little bit injured. He had this um like kind of chronic fatigue or okay. I get yeah. So so the first year was a little bit of a struggle to start um because you need you needed like a singles ranking to get into um the doubles yeah, into the doubles. Well. It seems like a flaw in the system. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're kind of grinding, doing qualies, you know, and it was tough because I had to be like really up for it to get a, you know, singles ranking. I had yeah. an all right doubles ranking pretty early on. So then I eventually got my first single point in Cumberland, I think it was. Okay. And from there, then you know, once we knew we were getting into tournaments, then uh, then then we flew us. You know, I think within. Turn pro, let's say, in, I played my first pro tournament in July 2014, and by December 2014, I was like 280 in doubles. Wow, that, that's, that's a fast rise, isn't it? That was, yeah, yeah, so I jumped impressive. up. Yeah. I jumped up pretty quick, and yeah, I think I got I got my first doubles point at the Irish Open with Peter Boswell, actually. We made final there. Okay. Lost to Freddie Nielsen and Ed Carey, and then... Then Joe and I won a couple, and yeah, all of a sudden I was 280, and I then Joe got a little bit injured then, the start of 2015, and I played a little bit with Klusky then. Okay. Um, How was that, was playing, like, with, playing with an Irish guy? Yeah, was that, was that a, a different experience altogether? It was, no, it was good. It was, it was the same, because obviously I... I kind of looked up to Clough just because he had a couple more years on me on the tour. And yeah. It was like good opportunity to learn from him. Knew the system well, and like we were get, getting into playing challengers together. So, so it was again great learning for me. Um, and we had we had pretty good success, you know, a couple, couple challies here and there, and then we played a tie in. Davis Cup tie in South Africa, and after that tie, I kind of sat sat down with Nyland and um, Delgado. Jamie Delgado was the coach there for one or two years, okay. and uh, and he told us that maybe we should look to split or something like that. We're not getting the best out of one another. So then I travelled a little bit with this American guy, Seiku Bangora. Okay. And then ultimately he got back playing with Joe because he was better. And <laughs> he was kind of you, you always knew you wanted to play with him, kind of in the bottom of your heart. Was that kind of always yeah what you wanted out of it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just because, like I said, it was just part of the journey. But we always we played well together. Yeah. And um, because we played so much together. Yeah. Um, and then that time. You know, we, we did quite well together. I was ranked a good bit higher now because I played some challies with Klusk. Yeah. And uh, and I kind of I stayed playing futures with Joe just to just to get his ranking up, and then we made the jump to challies together. You know, did did quite well for a couple years. Won I don't know how many challies I won with Joe, three or four maybe. And yeah. uh, and then. Started out the year in. Sorry, just getting a text there. Um, started out the year in uh, Dallas, and we won that 125. Is that was the biggest challenge that I won was the Dallas yeah. 125. Yeah. And 
kind of kicked on really nicely that year. We were probing good, beat some good teams, and then had a miserable trip out in Korea where we lost, like, we won maybe two or three matches, you know. I think we lost the first round in Taiwan, and then, where else did we play? Busan, maybe first round we lost. Where else? So, for, anyway, we had a couple first rounds or second yeah. rounds. And uh, that was kind of on the build-up to, to Wimbledon. And Joe ultimately decided to, to kind of last-minute play with Bryden Klein. Okay. Which was just a guarantee that he'd get a wild card for Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. And, but he played the grass season with them. So that kind of shafted me. Yeah, you you're kind of left there with his head of partner all of a sudden, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then the the court was so so tough for like that. The first grass tournament was Surbiton, and I was I was set to play with Dustin Brown, and we ended up being pushed out. You know, our combined. I think Dustin was he was I was one twenty. Dustin was you know we were combined maybe just north of two hundred. Yeah, which you know, would normally see it kind of seeded, but, you know, a lot of people from the French came um, because there wasn't that week, that extra week in between. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, like, people like Qureshi and, you know, guys top 30 that have no business really playing. Tennis, that were, yeah. That were playing. So so that was that was tough. Um, so that was, uh, you know, uh, I just needed maybe one more solid score and and I could have got into maybe win BQs. Yeah. Um but because I didn't get in with Dreddy and then I had to play the next week with Freddie Nielsen, but he didn't even get into singles qualifying in Cerberton. He decided he'd go and play a futures elsewhere. Okay. So I didn't have a partner for Cerberton or Nottingham. And then I was just kinda of like real dejected and I, I, I came home and then yeah. That's when Luke Bambridge reached out and was like, he didn't get a wild card either, so he was a bit okay. devastated. You're about like kind of down at it. You're about you're about a bit down in the dumps. Yeah, exactly. You're about you're about, you're about having a tough period, I guess, for you. Yeah, and I'd only just met Bam like a couple weeks prior in uh, in one of the um, tournaments in where was it? It was in it was in uh, Tiburon. Okay. And so it was only, you know, only just met him, but got along great with him and had a load of fun. And then he just reached out and was like, come on, let's play dubs. I'm thinking more about just playing dubs. I want you to show me the ropes and this and that. Mm. Because obviously he had, because I was playing with Joe and we started to do quite well, we had access to Louis. So I'd maybe had, you know, the gut to 10 sessions over the, over the time I was playing with Joe with Louis. Okay. And uh, and went and started playing. So that was twenty June twenty seventeen, and played with Bambo. Finished twenty seventeen with Bam, having won. I think we won two or th- two jellies maybe. Um, okay, so you had some success. Got some success. Yeah, so we had some success. We won a we won a big one. We won a a fair. We won Fairfield, which was. Um, uh, oh no, we won. Yeah, we won two. We won um, one in Canada. Okay. It was uh, what was the name of it? Granby, Gatineau, and then Winneka. Oh uh, no, Winneka's in Chicago. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> it began with W, I think, or M. <laughs> Anyway, so we won that, and then that was like our second tournament together. So we won a Futures, then we won a Challenger. So we got off to a great start. Yeah. And then we ended up winning like, I think it was another 125 or maybe just 100 in Fairfield. And that went well. We finished out the year together. Um, Kind of poor finished the year um, in those indoor challenges. We kind of hoped to do a little bit better. Right. Um, and then the start of 2018, I I basically I got injured. I tore my medial lateral ligaments in my ankle. Then I hadn't I haven't played at home since. 
Yeah. So from like let's say January 2018 to June 2018, I have you know kind of battling with should I come back should I not come back you know is the ankle going to be okay yeah. and then an opportunity presented itself to go and coach in the states at, at Memphis as the assistant coach so I kind of had mentally geared up for that and then last minute it fell through because the assistant coach ended up not leaving okay so as soon as I kind of put my eggs in the coaching basket there I found it really hard to kind of go back into playing mode yeah yeah and I was kind of just you know almost just wasting time until you know till I could fast forward to this year till I could hopefully get the same position again so as it's turned out I'm in the middle of you know sorting out all my visa uh, you know applications but the university have offered the job to me and okay. I've accepted so that's right. So so you have that in the right direction. Yeah, you have that lined up now, do you, for the coming yeah, well, for the, for the, that'll, the next... be, that'll be starting in January, yeah. So right. I'll finish out the year with, with Joe and Rajiv. Yeah. And uh and then hopefully come January provided all my visa paperwork and stuff is is you know, approved. Yeah. Then uh then that's that's the deal for me now. So how was the experience the last say year, eighteen months? How different has that been to when you were playing? Like, and you're still been traveling, but obviously it's it must be a different kind of pressure, a different experience. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's 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 interesting. I'm definitely more a kind of fan of the sport now, just because I'm watching it much more, and I can, yeah. you know, I notice the intricacies. I'm a better player now. You know, I may not be hitting the ball as good now or moving as good, but yeah, but I'm a better player. Um, for just understanding momentum and you know I, I always did like Casey would have been great at, at, at preaching that but like just being able to like recognize these moments with just clarity and being like oh he's a little bit tight there or I should do that you know like what I would want the guy what I'm muttering on the sidelines for what I'd want the guys to do yeah um, just kind of brought that little bit of clarity to me um, yeah but as for pressure, like yeah, there's there's no financial pressure, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, I was never really fortunate enough to to kind of secure a big sponsor like some of the other Irish lads would have. Um, so I was always a bit a bit worried. I kind of did a, a touch on my own, and there was no real support from Tennis Ireland. Um, so not having the financial pressure, uh, then then it's been great. But the, yeah, with that, you know, kind of starting out the year with Luke, I was much more just a friend, um, yeah. which is kind of two lads going out and trying to get better and trying to help them in any way I could. Okay. So there was maybe a lot of things that I were telling them that were wrong, but they were coming from, you know, with the right intention of, you know, trying to get them better and, you know, just building a even better rapport with him until he could really fully trust me. Um, and then I guess, you know, you kind of don't really notice what pe- you know how people pay attention in the locker rooms. But I guess, you know, if Rajiv Ram approaches me to to look to travel with him. I I must have been doing something right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it turned out. You know, just the week of Queens, I was there, and just been chatting about the game with Raj and about Louis and I guess he just liked my take on it. Okay. And uh and then he sat me down and was like, Listen, I wanna travel are you doing anything after Wimbledon? I wanna do Atlanta and Washington. And I was like, Yeah, I've got no plans. Luke is involved with world team tennis and as as Joe was supposed to be as well, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely playing Washington with Jamie, but maybe we'll think about doing something the week of Atlanta or just a training week. I'm like, listen, you just let me know. Yeah. So then last minute, Joe decides to bow out of world team tennis. Raj calls and is like, uh, not, doing, not doing Atlanta, let's do Washington, but then you'll maybe join us for Montreal, Cincinnati. And I was like, yeah, cool, sounds yeah. good. And uh, and then we've kind of just gone 
you know, at, in Cincinnati, they're like, oh, would you continue on until the till the U.S. Open? And I was like, yeah, that seems fine. And then now I've just got the call up for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. Are you almost going to be? Are you almost going to be sad when you have to leave that and then start in your in your other job in in the new year? Or are you kind of have you had enough? You're kind of you're kind of ready to move on. Um, that's it's a good question because. Uh, definitely one of the downsides of of the either playing or coaching is the traveling you know yeah. just not being if i had if i had my own kind of setup and i had my own little apartment in dublin and it was a bit more legit like i still you know i'm never in dublin so there's no point in renting yeah um so like i still kind of when i'm back in town for like i'm back in town 10 days i just stay with mum and dad and then like go off on the road again. Um, that's typically kind of how I've done it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm kind of just it's more a lifestyle thing that I'm ready. I'm just like of age now to kind of just want my own little space and want my own little apartment or you know whatever it may be. So that's really kind of the driving force. So, so in that sense. I'm really looking forward to kind of get rooted in the city and, and yeah. if it's in Memphis again, then I'm really excited for it just because that's where I've kind of had the previous freedom before. Yeah. It'll um, be nice. It'll be nice to go back to somewhere, you know, really well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, so but there's danger involved in that because maybe, you know, you know, who doesn't love college? So maybe just, Everything that I loved about college is the people that I had around me at that yeah. point in time, and so it's it's definitely going to be different. Whatever I anticipate this college role to be, I think it's going to be different in many ways. Um, but I but I'm definitely most looking forward to kind of just being catching my breath. You know, I feel like I've been traveling nonstop now for you know since college really. So turned pro in 2014, so five years on the road. <coughs> kind of full tilt yeah um so i'm kind of looking forward to just not doing that anymore um but that's not to say like the, the lifestyle is good and you always find you know a reason to complain um but ultimately like it is it is cool yeah <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Be, especially now that you know when you're associated with some of the top guys you know and these boys have every chance of making the World Tour finals, and I'm pretty pretty friendly with Gail Monfils now, just from okay. kind of like shooting the, shit, you know, playing ping pong, and then he heard I won the watch, and then he wants, you know, like all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even meeting Fed there in Cincinnati. Oh really? Um, wow. Well, Rajiv Rajiv warmed Fed up for his first round or something like that. Okay. So, uh, so I was on court with him, and it was class, you know, just to kind of be on the sidelines, just listening to the great man and just yeah, that way to him, you know. It was, yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, that uh, must be great. So, so I did enjoy that, and I've no doubt that those kind of amazing opportunities will continue if I if I stay with them. Um, but I just said, yeah, college coaching has always been something that that's intrigued me. I think. As I see it right now, from an outside perspective, is I think it's the sweet spot of the game. You know, one thing I've worked a lot with uh, Connor Gannon these past kind of year and a half. Okay. Um, who's kind of young, up and coming Irish. He's seven, turning seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's just in fifth year, but but he's a really promising player. He's going to be uh, he's going to be a good good player. He's going to be a good college player for sure and then he could go pro from there um, yeah but i'm definitely advocating that he that he goes college first um and and having someone that that kind of respects and listens to you um is is really fun like that's almost the most fun i've had coaching you know how yeah. you know what can i really teach Reggie ram i'm kind of just kind of reiterating stuff he's told yeah. me in cues and serving buckets and just doing my scouting but like as to actually developing a player and a, even just a person yeah um i've really enjoyed my my my, my time with connor the most um 
so I kind of equate that to to what college will be like. You know, I think they'll yeah. be able to quickly improve just uh, you know particularly their doubles their double tactics and then even like some of my single stuff i think i'll be able to help just my my own philosophies that i've come up with these kind of past 18 months just from being on the tour and picking other coaches brains and what what i deem important um you know so that's kind of what i'm looking forward to the, yeah you know. yeah that's really interesting um so i guess I just have one more question. Um, yeah. Having, having, you know, as someone who's kind of gone the whole way through the tour, you know, you've played Futures, you've played Chalice, and you've played um, a couple of, you know, ATP events. What, what, what would you say is the main difference between players that play at the different levels? Like, what change do you have to make to be able to progress through the, to progress through the tiers? You know. It's just, I mean, the subtleties of the sport are. And, you know, they never cease to amaze me, you know, particularly more now because I'm delving much more into kind of the stats of it. You know, Louis yeah. big on stats, so I get these amazing stats. And there's very little in it. Like, I don't think it's just, you know, these top teams, you know, they'll beat you seven, eight times out of ten. Yeah. But on the day, particularly in doubles, it's just the, the unpredictability, especially on – you know, on at the tour event with sudden death juice and ten point breaker, like there's just there's so much uncertainty and mad stuff that can happen. Cheeky record, you know, cheeky shank return over the next player, you know, like there's so much in it. But but eight nine times out of ten, the better team will win. And yeah. so they've just got that little bit more kind of clarity in the pressure moments. They make you know, they're serving spots a little bit better. They they put more pressure. Like, these top teams, like, none of them fold, really, unless there's, like, a big occasion and they really get nervous. But yeah. invariably, they don't, you know. They make you a great example of, like, De Bryant. Like, they never beat themselves. Yeah. You know, they don't make mistakes. Yeah, you got to do some stuff. And there's some space on the court to you know, to get past them, but it's low percentage and they've put you in an awkward place to try and hit that ball. And if you're good enough to hit it, then they're okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, every every avenue is just that little bit better. Yeah. Which makes, which makes the difference. But you see it, you know, like Berrettini was unknown, but I saw him almost unknown, but like I saw him playing. The guy played against him in Stuttgart um, in doubles. Okay. He was play, he was playing with uh, Buksevich. And yeah. Like his serve was an absolute dream. I mean, his <laughs> wide serve and the deuce. He had he had them all. He had them all. And yeah. Like, he is bloody good. Yeah. Um, and look, there he is. It's just like constant persistence and belief. That that separates them. You would say maybe ultimately, you, you, like none of the guys on the tour are reinventing the wheel. You know, yeah. like like even like some of the top coaches, like they're not they're not top coaches. Like they're good man management. But like I was, you thinking like, oh, they're doing some savage stuff on the tour. No, not really. And tactically, they're not even that good. Like some of them are just like really good at hitting a tennis ball, yeah. and that's the difference. You know, yeah. it's not that they're like you know, micromanaging everything and leaving no stone unturned. No, some of them just hit, their timing is just epic. Yeah. And they can serve, you know, Kyrgios is obviously, you know. He's, A good he's, example he's, of that. <laughs> yeah, but just clueless really, but but just serves an absolute joke. You know, if I had that yeah. serve, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could, you know, with that alone, I could make, you know, challenge some people and yeah. make it into yeah. the top 100. Like his serve is, the best thing I've seen. Yeah, unbelievable talent. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. not one thing that you could say that would separate them. Yeah, it's kind of it's then, different in each case, kind of like it's a case by case basis almost. Hugely, you know, even when we were chatting with Fed on, on one of the sidelines, he had taken a you know, Rajiv obviously Rajiv is 35 and was kind of asking him, oh, you know, what do you do? You know, do you, how much do you practice and this mm. and that? He's like, you know, we've hit enough balls in our life, really, how much. <laughs> How much am I going to improve in this practice? Yeah. Um, 
and he was like, yeah, I just took, you know, I had some meetings, and I got a massage, and just, yeah, my body wasn't feeling right, so I just didn't play at all. Yeah. Because at the start of the session, they're like, yeah, we, you know, they're like, oh, we might do a little bit more today. And, uh, and said, honestly, verbatim said, God, you could almost say this was intense as we went down for, like, our first drink. You know, like, just, <laughs> yeah. He's so chilled about it all. Like, it's like it's absolute counterintuitive to what you would think, but then you've got Rafa that doesn't let one opportunity go by where he's not intense. Like yeah. watching him practice is a joke. Mm. The effort that he puts in. Yeah. But Roger was just like as cool as you like to be like Jesus. You can almost say this is intense. Let's just take a break here and just <laughs> you know you're like wow. But that's that was his philosophy. Like I'm not that old. I've hit. Excellent, the ball's really how much better am I going to get in this practice? I don't need to practice that much. I just need to feel good, and then I'll be fine. And yeah. Like, yeah, you will, because you hit the ball. Like, watching him, he plays a different sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays oh, yeah. a different sport. If those, if those, top, those top couple of guys just bring it to a new level, don't they? Yeah, very much You're Federer and Nadal Djokovic. Yeah, they've just got... They've got so much support, you know, they've got their these teams around them with just like never ending budgets, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it makes it easier when you have that money, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, you know, like we I was in Miami at the start of the year for the Masters and uh and Djokovic has had this like eighteen wheeler that he brought with him. And it's got like his cryotherapy chamber and his hyperbaric chamber and all sorts of different stuff. You're like, you know, yeah. Sure, why wouldn't he win the, the bloody thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So that's kind of just the the level it's going. But but the, yeah. the quality of tennis, like I think, you know, the commentators don't do the sport any justice. I think most of the commentators are really poor. You know, like, okay. Like, you know, they just don't really respect, yeah, you know, yeah. like a journeyman. You're like, journeyman, my heart. He's 50 in the world. Like, he's yeah, an absolute yeah. baller. You know yeah, to mean? get to that stage, you have to be so good. It's, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's well beyond journeyman, isn't it, to get yeah, anywhere totally. near that. Yeah, totally. But, um, but no, I think the, the level is, is getting better. And I think I think there's going to be another increase. When you look at the, the differences in, like, all the stuff that, all the equipment stuff for like even the kids you know like all the kids that grew up with those like little courts and those midi balls like yeah i think all that's going to be massive like in in a few years there's going to be another couple phenoms that come through yeah do you think any of those phenoms are already playing or like do you see any of these current younger guys coming on i i really like watching felix yeah um I think he's going to have a good career. Um, who else do I think? Yeah, I mean, i definitely surprised at Medvedev. Um, yeah, he's done incredibly well. Yeah, he he, he really has. Because I remember starting out, I saw him, like he was playing one or two futures when I was starting out. Okay. And he's like four in the world now. Yeah, I know. Which is mad. It's, it's funny he like he doesn't look you know if you compare his game to a Sissy Pass or a, a Felix yeah. like it, it doesn't, he doesn't look as good but it's just ridiculously effective you know. Yeah, I mean his so backhand his backhand's a wand his backhand. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but his his like looking at him and his trainer he just goes about his business you know. Yeah. His, yeah. his coach is a French guy and and I'd love to know a bit more about him or his background, um, because. Like they're doing loads of this great, like stability and core work, you know, with him. Loads of different bands wrapped around him, and like all sorts of great stuff in the gym. Like it's not solely just tennis. Yeah. It's 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 loads of other stuff that goes on in the gym that you're like, geez, that I've never seen someone do that. And that's the other funny thing, you know. No two warm ups are the same. <laughs> in, yeah. In the, yeah. In the slams, you know, like everyone does hips and shoulders a touch, but then there's so many other people doing so many other mad things. You're like, oh, they get it. From. But that yeah, just, you know, yeah. like, shows how unique and personal it is, I guess, that this is what's best for them. Yeah, um, yeah. So, who, for you, who's the, the greatest of all time, then? 
my head will say Djokovic will be the greatest. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the end of their careers, you're looking at Djokovic. Yeah. Haven't had the yeah. best career. I mean, definitely Rafa sneaks up there again now with with having 19 slams. I know. So I kind of ruled him out a while back. Um, you got to think he's he's got the French in the bag already. So that's oh, you have to, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I all I'll say is, for me, I think Djokovic has played the highest level of tennis that's ever been like. Yeah. How he played yeah. in Melbourne, the final Melbourne. Yeah, that was, year, yeah. Un- untouchable. Like, that's that's untouchable. Yeah. Um, so I think if he, it depends, he might not be able to replicate that again but certainly you know when he enters the whenever all his stars align and he's in a good place yeah he is untouchable yeah i think you do um, have to say his best is probably the best you know yeah so so for me i think i think he's still got a few more years in him yeah he does um you know can he get another four or five slams i think he's every chance you know? i think so yeah yeah um, like, although I, I'm a big Federer fan, so it kind of pains me to admit it, but I, I think so. I yeah, think so, I mean, yeah. It's the great man's. I mean, he'll be he'll forever be, you know, adored. Yeah. Um, Fed. Yeah. And uh, and certainly the way he plays, like it's 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 maybe the best style of play. Yeah. To watch, you know, all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But uh, but whether he he has the most slams when it's all said and done, I think it's looking a little more and more unlikely. Unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, you know. <laughs> I, so I would say, my heart would say Fed, just because, yeah, who does, like, you're, if you're a tennis fan, you love Fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's tennis. Yeah. But, but, but I think Djokovic is probably going to get the most slams. Yeah, yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, all right, th- thanks so much. It's been, it's been really good. It's been a really good chat. Thanks very much. Okay. Um, Not at all. I wish you the best now for your for starting next year. Um, uh, hope you have a good a good time then in Memphis. Brilliant. Well, um, thank you very much. And going forward, all the there. best. Yeah. And if you need anything else, let me know. Just shoot me a message. Yeah. Super. Try and connect again. Super. Cheers. Thanks very much. Hi. Take care, mate. All the best. One. See ya. Yeah. See you later. Bye. So there we are. I'd like to thank Dave once again for his time and wish him all the best. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can contact me on Twitter at, at tennisupdate.ire. Thank you.